Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Palais Royale. Hello. Hi. Very happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you guys. We were kind of talking before. It's been a long time since I've seen you guys. You've grown so much. Do you guys feel like you grew up in the industry now? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if anything, that what it's been, it's we were always so in just infatuated with the music we were creating and like that was where it stemmed from. So it was, that was what it was. And just to continually grow, like, as you've seen, it's like, we were probably playing a song at boom to like probably like a couple hundred people, maybe even if that, and it's like, now it's, you know, we're going around the world doing 3000 people a night by ourselves. And it's, it's amazing because the music has brought this family so incredibly close like as us with brothers but also as our audience and it's just continues to grow and i think that's you know everyone's like-minded everyone's there just to have an enjoyable time and i feel like that's why we feel like we you know this pally rally is us as much as it is our fans so so as kids did you each gravitate towards your own instrument or did somebody have to say hey let's start a band you learn how to play the drums you learn how to play guitar Um, it was, it was definitely strange. So, uh, so our mom said to us, you, we had to do two years of piano before we could pick up another instrument. So we just, uh, you know, learn the basics and, you know, classically train and all that. Um, and then, you know, she's like, she took us to like guitar center. And then after the two years and I remember immediately was like, Oh my God, I want to play the drums. And then, uh, she said to me, she's like, well, Emerson already picked that. And then I was like, okay, great. I want to play guitar. And then, and then she was like, oh, well, Sebastian already picked that. So you have to sing. And I was like, and I was the shyest kid. I still have my moments of, you know, very insecure and very shy. But uh, that definitely kind of forced me to, to come out of my shell a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad it happened. So do you all switch parts sometimes, like while you're writing music? Well, that's that's what's amazing about this last record, the record that's going to be coming out. Um, we also started on piano, and this is the first time, you know, being a rock band, when we first did our first album, we did it with James E. Hoffman, Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm so thankful for him in that sense that we, he was like, lose the pianos, lose all the strings, lose all the bells and whistles, because at the end of the day, you guys are going to be sleeping in a car on your first record, traveling across, be a rock band, just plug in, play. And I'm so thankful that happened because we just became a really good energetic rock band. Now to the point that it's now, now the stages are bigger, production's bigger. Yeah. We've now incorporated piano with like to everything and Mellotrons and like, you know, Vox Continentals and all the fun things because now we have room on the stage to do it. So it's really exciting to start building now the new touring and the new things that we have, you know, upright pianos on stage now. There's, I'm playing piano, he plays piano, Emerson plays piano. So it's like, even with like No Love in LA, um, like I wrote everything on a Mellotron. I didn't really even touch a guitar until the ending of the recording process. So it's cool. We're adapting different instruments. And you know, we had the song Punching Bag and literally I played the bridge where Emerson played the chorus as Emerson played the verse. Yeah. So, so in that song, you have all three of us playing, piano. Of playing piano on that track, which is cool. Wow. There's kind of a punk style to some of the things you guys do, like playing a show from a truck bed under your billboard in LA. <laughs> sure. Be able to get yeah. up. Parking ticket? 
Oh, yeah, I didn't get out of the parking ticket, no. But um, I think I got it was, out. It was like $90. They were was, like, we will pay it because, like, to get a permit, it's like $1,500. So, <laughs> so it, yeah, so we saved a lot of money. It was great, though. It's like, you know, we, we were, you know, we haven't, that was kind of our first show since we played in Poland in 2020 when, before the pandemic happened. So it was really, we were like, okay, yeah, well, yeah there'll be like 100 people there. We show up in the whole entire street of Hollywood. It's covered. I'm like, yeah, Wait, we, we, were, we were expecting uh, like like 20, 30 people. Yeah, there was a couple hundred people. Because we like, thought it was wow. going to be super chill. Just like, you know, just like sit, you know, sit down, just play outside and it's just kind of have like a nice day. And then we show up and it was absolute chaos. Yeah, there was, there was like news trucks and like, it was not, the it was, coolest thing. It was, like ever, so strange. it was so strange because we, you know, I went and picked up the U-Haul that morning. It wasn't like we had our manager or someone go do it. I was like, went to the U-Haul, got the U-Haul, came and picked up the boys. We got like a little powered speaker put in the back. And I'm like, I'm so glad we did this because if we were standing on the street, it would have just been mayhem. You know what I mean? So it, it was really cool. And, you know, having also like 10 cop cars pull up and like yell at you is amazing. So <laughs> it makes you feel like a real rock star for sure. Absolutely. It adds to the, because if we, it wasn't disruptive enough, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That was such a huge thing for your fans who are clearly missing your stage show. How has it been to connect with your audience without that element? And how has it been to start the return? I think it's, it's, it's been a really, really tough couple years like ever since we left because you know that's that's all we've known for five six years it's literally been our entire lives i think we were longest we were home at that point was maybe like a month maybe yeah. a month and a half yeah we left for tour in 2015 so it, it was it's definitely been a transition and so it's like i just feel like i'm just like constantly waiting i'll see like the calendar and just like mark off another day we're like we're so close but it's going to be almost a religious feeling being back you know it's exciting we're doing uh, a little warm-up gig next week and just a little club show before the world turn and like you know doing like 2500 people in la but selling out the world turn is it's crazy because we're it's like we're almost sold out right before a couple weeks before it but the crazy thing of it all is we used to pass out flyers when we started the band outside the world turn so we'd be outside and be like Florence and Machine would be playing there, Cold War Kids or something. And Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. And so we'd be outside passing up flyers to come see us and no one would show up, obviously. I think, like, I think we might have got a one person yeah. out of like, but we did that must be like every... seven, 17,000 flyers over the course yeah. of like two months. We it, got like one person out of it. It was, it, we, we, it, it's cool to see the jump of the band, especially like in LA because it's, we passed out flyers at the L Ray and we sold that out like three years ago. We passed out flyers. The Fonda sold that out two years ago before the pandemic and then now doing the will turn. And like the next one that we were doing was like the Greek and we were doing the Palladium. So we're slowly building like that climb, but it's like those, those stages that you're like, it feels like, like we're in guitar hero almost, you know, like when you start in like the bar and then it keeps moving <laughs> up. That's exactly how it feels. <laughs> so when that kind of works and, and when everything hit, I mean, it was unfortunate for everybody, and obviously we're still going through some of it. Um, but it kind of worked out for you guys in a way that you weren't in the middle of a huge thing. You guys actually had a chance to come together and, like, make more music. You guys released The Bastards. You were able to do all that stuff. We've heard a lot of people who felt like their success was kind of stunted by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You guys feel that we, way? We, you feel like you were able to move we, on? We, 
we used it to our full advantage. We, the moment the record, the bastards came out, a lot happened to this band and it was, it was, the bastards was a great record. Thankful for what we did with it, but we were very upset. We were very angry when we put that record together and you can actually hear, you hear it, hear it resonate. We, but that, that music was, we weren't friends. Like none of us wanted, I couldn't sit next to him right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we, we were definitely getting, you know, after like so many years of touring and everything like that, we really started to grow apart as, as brothers. And, you know, there's a couple of times where we almost quit. Yeah. We almost gave up the band. Because we just, it was, it was just, despise, we despised one another. It was just getting really difficult. It was a long hours. And then it was just like, it almost wasn't becoming like, obviously the shows, that was the fun part about it, but everything else, it was just the stress and everything. It, it really got to us. So we kind of took a breather and, it weirdly came at a really good time for us. And um, her godsend of a producer was like, you guys have to treat each other with respect. Or he I'm was not like producing now. half producer, half therapist for us. <laughs> he was incredible. And so, you know, we finally got back to being really good friends and we're so close as brothers again. And this is by far the most Palais Royale record we've ever written. And it was, it's a hundred percent us. And I could not be prouder. I really couldn't. I want to talk about the fashion influence and the fashion aspect of your band. Yeah. Some people might assume that the stage show is kind of stiff because of how intricate and, and elaborate your outfits can be, but that's not true. You guys are wild and crazy on stage and you have. Your, I, it's yeah. that's, that's the, the fashion is like, obviously growing up loving the stones the faces you know the kinks like all these bands that you look up to and it was larger than life the outfits it matched who they were as characters and i feel like it's not for us it's not costumes you know this is who we are like i'm in a suit every single day you know and it's, it's amazing we're gonna wear scars we're gonna do whatever what we want and but going when we started the band we signed to samarian and Samarian, you know, being a, at that point was a very, very heavy metal band, like a label, you yeah. know, very, they didn't have any alt bands at that time. It was, it was funny, like 20 minutes before the premiere of every single video, there's already a hundred dislikes before, before anyone because they, it. because they, it was pretty boys, like with, with, with fancy clothes on, they're like, we don't like this. So we automatically, the stigma was there. So, but one, the greatest thing was, is the head of the label, Ash, she was just like, we we slept in our mom's car and just toured, but we went out with every like heavy metal and like uh, screamo band, and we you know walking up there wearing like velvet outfits and like makeup. It was like completely the polar opposite of everything that was on these tour bills, and we were one of five. Yeah. And you have people throwing bottles at you, and you're like, okay, we can't just be up here playing our music like the Beatles and just doing this thing. We have to like be the most ridiculous punk band it's and scare the. Out of the crowd. It, learned, and it taught us to be aggressive and where we almost had to scare the audience before they figure out, oh my God, I don't like them. It, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was the, the amount of times we'd be in like little areas and like someone would say something and Emerson would just throw his drum set, jump over the crowd. And there's a guy like holding a PBR just being like, and he's like, Emerson's like, you want to like middle of a show, like playing these clubs. But Emerson's like literally getting in like bar fights at these clubs. And it's the funniest thing. And it was like, then people kind of just applauded it. They're like, oh, okay, cool. I like you now. It was, it was yeah. the weirdest, strangest thing, but it was, it was, def it was definitely wild. We, we did know? our death dance, you know, we, we went definitely out there and did a lot of, lot of bad tours, but, but it, it made us, it made, it us, who made us who we are. So we go up there and we're playing, you know, pop rock tunes and, you know, uh, like now, and it's, but we act like we're, and, and, you know, CBGB's 
punk band and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's it's really it, it it gives a little nice touch to it because it's unexpected. Yeah. You guys played a festival for our sister station four years ago, Sonic Boom. And one of you told Ronnie Radke from Falling in Reverse that he looked like he should be in your band. Do you yes. remember that? And have you talked? Oh, about yeah. There's, there's some, still some beef with Ronnie. That that guy cannot take a joke. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wish him the best. And, you know, we're still down for that rock, paper, sugar game if he's, if he's down. It's just so funny. It was like Emerson, Emerson, Emerson says things like he was saying, he's like, oh, you look cool. Like, you'd be in our band. Like, He's like, you should be in my band. It's like, it was like, you you would be in my band. I wouldn't be yours. It's like, well, it wasn't meaning like that. It's just like, oh, we're all cool. Like that was our first encounter. It was like, hey, and we were in the middle of an interview. Yeah, well, yeah. We were, we, yeah, we were literally in the middle of a radio interview and he comes up and starts yelling at us. We're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I was like, what the, what is he? And he's like, this is Yves Saint Laurent. I was like, I'm, I'm not doubting your style of clothing. <laughs> it was, and that was our very first festival ever. <laughs> that was our very first one. So it wasn't the best experience, but uh, I think it's a funny guy. <laughs> Have you ever talked to him since then? Oh, uh, we had this whole online thing that he, he had a music video come out. And just ironically enough, it was the same location and it was both vampire themes, but his came after us. And I know he was working on it for a while, but like, you know, as you do, you just like online say something about it. And he, he was like, you know, defending the situation. I just made a funny joke. I'm like, how about this? We do a rock, paper, scissors contest. Whoever wins gets to keep their video up. The loser has to take it down. Just like all carefree. But I feel like yeah, we were just trying to have fun. You know, yeah. This video ever gets to him, probably will. Something will send. So we love you. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. You know, it's just funny. It's it, it, it's it just reminds me of like the, you know, the Oasis kind of blur thing back in the day. They hated each other, but they were, they were so fun, you know? So, yeah. 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 So now Remington, you got to be an American Satan. What was that like? Uh, yeah, that was definitely a cool experience for me. Um, it definitely taught me a new style of singing, um, which I've never really had before. So you hear a lot of that inspiration kind of coming through on the the last record, the Bastards record. Because, you know, I, I had so much fun, you know, doing um, kind of like these, these heavier songs. And so we tried to do, incorporate that a lot into the Bastards record. So it was definitely fun to, to have a moment. And, you know, I did all the stuff for the, the TV show that came out in Paradise City. So it was definitely, uh, definitely a really cool, like, because I never really envisioned myself as like, like a metal singer ever. So it was so cool to like trying out in a whole new respect for people that can like go up on stage every single night, just scream. It's, it's tough. It really is. So whole new respect for metal singers and heavy rock singers. Have you had to change anything? Like, do you have to drink more tea or have you had to do any vocal training or anything to kind of compensate for that? Um, you know, I, I try, I, God, I'm so lazy when it comes to warming up, but I know I gotta, I gotta keep doing it. And, you know, every- I have to say though, Remington's is one of like the few, it, it's the, I have to sit there and just go rehearse. I love, like, I love Remington to walk in a room and just be like, he went into this thing with our friends, Barnes Courtney, learn the song, literally like reading the lyrics, walking to a live stream to do it, gets up on stage, flips over the drum set, 
sings every single of ones of his songs perfectly. I'm like, if there's a gift that some people have and he has it, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been trying to do more vocal warmups and stuff. It's so funny, like on the bus, the only thing you'll be hearing is like, <laughs> that's the only thing everybody in the bus hears every fucking day. So <laughs> <laughs> we love Barnes Courtney too. He played yeah. one of our He's other good. festivals down in the Capitol. If we could get both of you guys together. That's, that, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're, we're, we're having those conversations. We're talking about that. And with, um, we have a very, very amazing feature on this album, um, LP. And she's just unreal. Like it was, you know, her, I'm, her talent is just yeah, insane. It's just some really cool. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's great because it, I think that's the great thing about actually being back home for this long. Through a pandemic, it would be very selective who you're hanging out with. And so the selective core group of people were like the same 20 people. It was pretty much just like our producer and his roommates. And that was pretty much it. And then that was pretty much it. Because we'd have to go over to our producer's house every day. It was was just great though. It was like you really selected your friend group so much. So like you actually have real conversation, not being in passing, you like at a bar. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. You know, it's like actually everyone now knows each other a lot more. And I think that's what's been lacking in the rock industry so much is the collaborations, even if you're not working on tracks together, but just being there and supportive for one another. Like Remington and Andrew plays guitar with us. He's, they went and played with the Barnes for this one gig. You know what I mean? And like, we were on stage and we were playing with Astro for five seconds of summer. Like just so many like yeah. random things that wouldn't make sense if you put the two names together, but then you see and you're like, oh, it's just all good musicians wanting to play music. And that's what's lacking. And I feel like that's why like hip hop does so well because everybody wants to collaborate with everyone. Yeah, everyone's featuring on each other's stuff. And so that's why we're, we're trying to like, you know, have like this little community where we all try to help each other out. And you know, I think that's really important. Because in rock music, it's it's very competitive, and uh, I feel like if you know more people are just kind of like, you know, we're okay with helping one another out. Like that's why we were so thankful earlier in our career for Kellen Quinn, because I just honestly said it was just the strangest thing. Because I was like, why are you helping us? He's like, I truly really like the music, and I was like, thank you so much, and yeah. he really helped uh, uh, put us on the map. So I'll forever be you know in debt and. But because of, thanks for because Quinn. because of that one good like when some of these you know you always feel like everyone's out to get you or no one's on your side and that has led to us being like new and up and coming artists like there's Dwayne and we literally just like want nothing more to see him succeed so it's like we're bringing him out for the Wilderness show when we do the American tour you and know just got the Willow Smith we're, we're, we're absolutely killing like bringing, so good. you know like the Bad Flower Boys are massive and they do really well in America but overseas not so much and we're like yeah come out with us and they're like an amazing band but they're like you know we're 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 what they what they're here in America size-wise that's what we are in Europe so it's like you know a nice flip and we can like you know join forces and put on a ridiculous show for fans yeah like, we, we can't wait to do with those boys yeah so sweet yeah we just had bad flower here in May they did a little acoustic show for us on Mother's Day actually Oh, that's oh, amazing. <laughs> so let's get all of you guys together in Madison. That's what we need to do. All right. That would be, be a heck of a show. Be Barnes, bad flower palette. would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Who comes up with the ideas for your music videos? They're so 
bright. There's always a story. There's usually some gothic tones in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that it, we've always taken the ratings on it all. And just because like we, we, we are very aware of like what we want the, the vision of the band to be. And, you know, there's, there's certain things that you see when you, when you hear a song. So automatically it's like, oh, that's got to be a music video idea. The detail, the details of all the videos. It's like we could easily just set up and play and, and do a performance video, and there's nothing wrong with those. But I think, especially the past year, people don't. If you're a band, your only way of performance was either doing a live stream or a music, or music video. So if your music videos weren't expressing who you are to enough for an audience to be like captivated. Our live shows are captivating enough, and we know that, and we've worked really hard on that. But our music videos, they've always been good, but like now we've really, like the next video that's coming out is for the song called Paranoid, amazing video, but the one after, the, the it's going, like honestly, it's, that's our bait. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> song, it's the most ridiculous video, it's going to be like, it's gonna be. It's gonna be just one of the most incredible things. Yeah, hands I, down, it's the greatest song we've ever written as a band. Yeah, and I will. I will fall on that story yeah. until the day I die. It's yeah. the greatest thing we've ever made. It's so. a five and a half minute opus of like the, the music video has got to be even crazier. So we're planning on all that this week. So it's, it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> I'm so excited for the world to hear. Well, we're excited for those as well. We are going to listen to your new song now, though. No love in L.A. Is there anything else you want to tell us about that song before we hear it? Uh, no love in LA. That is, uh, it, that song weirdly came super easily for us. Cause you know, especially being home this long, you kind of just see just, just the stupidity here is really incredible. It's all these fake friends and it's like, no one really has your back. And it's just like, it's really, it's a kind of like a loveless town here. It's, it can get pretty lonely, but luckily we've had. There's some diamonds in the rough, and I think that's yeah, all we found. You know, but uh, we luckily I found like greatest group of friends and people that genuinely care about me and stuff. So, but you know, we we've had a lot of trials and errors through the past you know ten years that we've been here because I moved out here when I was sixteen, and um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. You figure out like a lot of people aren't your friend, and there's like there's some real vampires here. You know, they're, they'll suck the soul out of you. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was amazing. Like I, that's the we bought a melodrama for the writing trips throughout the whole record, and like most of the record in Malibu, we rented a house on the beach. So that was an amazing place to be. To so music. bougie. So it was great. <laughs> we're like, you know, we're gonna treat ourselves. We're gonna make some music. But um, it was it was fantastic. And like I got a melotron and literally the first sound that was on there, and I just like cranked it on, and I was like, I never recorded my laptop. I was doing things for voice memo, and like I I really. Like I'll do stuff for ideas, but I plug it in and I just press record and I start playing this thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like this. And I sent the Mellotron part to Remington and he literally like five minutes later writes back the whole chorus lyrics. Like there's no such thing as love and not. And I'm like, this sounds great. Let's go record it. And like, it was, yeah, that one, that one came pretty easily. So. It was, it was, it, it's cool because it was honest, you know, but, uh, yeah, so that's all we have to say about it. We couldn't be happier with the track, and it's doing so well. This been by far our highest streaming single, yeah. so we're we, we couldn't be more excited about it. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Awesome! Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure.